Welcome everyone back to A Voice in the Wilderness. I'm your host, Jacob. We are back with our study on principles of life from the Word of God. And today's uh, study is on creation. Study number 11 is on creation. Obviously, you can't have a proper Bible study set without this study because it is fundamental to the Christian's understanding of the origin of the world and where we come from. Allow me to start with a small word of prayer before we study the Bible. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for truth that's in your word. We pray today that you will unfold us uh, uh, the truth about creation, where the world comes from, where we have our origin. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The great Jehovah had laid the foundations of the earth. He had dressed the whole world in the garb of beauty and had filled it with things useful to man. He had created all the wonders of the world and of the sea. In six days, the great work of creation had been accomplished. And God rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God had created. God looked with satisfaction upon the work of his hands. All was perfect, worthy of its divine author, and he rested, not as one weary, but as but as well pleased with the fruits of his wisdom and goodness and the manifestations of his glory. That comes from the book Patriarchs and Prophets, page 47, talking about the beginning of the world. So we're going to do what we normally do, and we're going to ask the Bible questions, and we're going to let the Lord, through his word, answer those questions. Now, obviously, before we start beginning, we do not, here at uh, The Voice in the Wilderness, we do not subscribe to the thought of the deep time theory or the theory of evolution. We believe that in the beginning, God created. So that's what our basis is on, and we believe that science and revelation can coexist, that science actually proves that God created. So let's start. What is the Bible's answer to the question, when did God create the world? Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. So in the beginning. It doesn't tell us how long ago that was, although Bible scholars have deduced from study of the word as to the uh, the age of the earth. But all we're concerned with is when did he create it? And it was at the beginning. That's when time started. We don't believe that time started before then because there was nothing to calculate time around. Who was the creator? Genesis 1.1 once again says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. We'll also go to Hebrews. All the way to Hebrews. Uh, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 said, God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So according to Hebrews and Genesis, God created it through the person of his son and that it was created for his son. 
How did God create the world? So how did God create the world? We go to Genesis 33. Genesis 33, verses 6 and verse 9 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. So the Lord created the word, the world, and all that is in it by speaking it into existence. All he did was have to speak it. What can you say as to the length of time God used in the creation? Go backwards to Exodus. How long did it take him to create the world? Exodus chapter 20. Twenty and verse eleven. This is the fourth commandment. It says, "For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it." So it took him six days. Six days he created the earth, and on the seventh day he rested. How long was a day at creation? So there are Christians out there that actually believe that the amount of time between the creation days was millions of years. That is because they want to try to meld this thought of theistic evolution that the Lord spun it up and it happened over millions of years. But what does the what does the Bible actually say? I don't believe that you can subscribe to that thought and be a Christian because the Bible does not say that. It says in ver- uh, Genesis 1 5 it says and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day so you have a 24 hour period of time as a day that's uh, the next day starts in the evening Uh, verse 8 also says and God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day verse 13 says in the evening and the morning were the third day 19 the evening and the morning were the fourth day 23 in the evening and the morning were the fifth day 31 says the same thing right and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day uh Genesis 2, 1 and 3 also says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. So what we see here is the evening and the morning were the first day, the second day, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh commenting on this a bible commentator says the bible recognizes no long ages in which the earth was slowly evolved from chaos of each successive day of creation the sacred record declares that it consisted of the evening and the morning like all other days that have followed at the close of each day is given the result of the creator's work the statement is made at the close of the first week's record these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created But this does not convey the idea that the days of creation were other than literal days. Each day was called a generation because that in it God generated or produced some new portion of his work. 
So with what limitations did God make plants and animals? With what limitations did he make them? Genesis, we're going to read verses 1, 11, 12, 21, and 25. 1, 11, and 12. Sorry, um, Genesis 1, 11 and 12 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Verses 21 and 25 says, And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth with the waters brought forth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. So, with what limitations did he make them? Each was to yield or bring forth after its own kind. So here we see, next we see the creation of man. So what is man called? What is man called? Uh, above all lower orders of being, God designed that man the crowning work of his creation should express his thought and reveal his glory. That is from the Ministry of Healing commentary. So in whose likeness was man created and what was the dominion that was given him? Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So he was made after God's image. It says after our likeness. So he's talking about um, the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost. And he was also... He made in his image that he was also supposed to be holy. He was supposed to be sanctified by God. And his dominion was over everything that was created. We see that here where it says dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So how... Was man created? How was he created in the first place? Genesis 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So you have God is creating him. He formed man of the dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, 
thus man becomes a living soul. So this is important for later on when we go over the uh, truth about death, what the Bible says, what happens at death, because it is important to note here that the Bible says that we do not have a soul, but that we are a soul, right? It says that we are formed from dust of the ground, breath of life, which creates a living soul. It's interesting to see how God created him. It says that he formed him. It, didn't, it doesn't just say, let there be man and let there be woman. It says that he formed him of the dust of the ground. This shows the intimate relationship that God wants to have with all of us, uh, that he wanted to have with us in creation. He came down, came low to us, and formed as with the own hands of Christ, the dust of the ground, and then breathed into his nostrils, life. We see that even in our own lives today, even after the fall, the Lord wants to come near to us. He says, I want to dwell in you. I want my spirit to be in you so that I can give you new life. We see that in the Old Testament when the Lord the Lord wants to be close to his people when he says, let them make me a tabernacle that I may dwell among them. <clears throat> so Eve, next Eve was created. What was the significance of the manner in which God created Eve? Genesis 2, 21 and 22 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Commenting on this in the book Patriarchs and Prophets, it says, God himself gave Adam a companion. He provided and helped me for him. A helper corresponding to him, one who was fitted to be his companion and who could be one with him in love and sympathy. Eve was created from a man from a rib taken from the side of Adam, signifying that she was not to control him as the head, nor to be trampled under his feet as an inferior, but to stand by his side as an equal, to be loved and protected by him. A part of man, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, she was his second self, showing the close union and affectionate attachment that should exist in this relation. We don't see that much today. We see the warring of the sexes, but we were supposed to work together in different capacities, but work together all the same. Work of each day. What specific things were created on each day of creation? Genesis uh, 1, 1 to 2, 3. You'll see there what was created each day. Each day had its work. The first day you have the heaven and earth and light. Day two, we see the firmament or the, the sky. Uh, day three, um, the plants. The fourth day, we see the sun and the moon. Fifth day, the creatures of air and water. Sixth day, land creatures and humans. And the seventh day was created the Sabbath. So why did God make the Sabbath day, Sabbath, as a rest, as a day of rest? Mark 2, we're going to go to Mark. Many people say that you can't find it in the New Testament. 
that you can find all Ten Commandments within the New Testament. Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28 says, And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. God created the Sabbath for us to be a blessing so that we could commemorate his workmanship in the creation of the world and so that we could come away, ponder that, and also be recreated by him for the next week. Commenting on this, it says in Testimonies to the Church, Volume 1, 532, it says, God saw that a Sabbath was essential for man even in paradise. He needed to lay aside his own interests and pursuits for one day of the seven that he might more fully contemplate the works of God and meditate upon his power and goodness. He needed a Sabbath to remind him more vividly of God and to awaken gratitude because all that he enjoyed and possessed came from the beneficent hand of the Creator. God reserved the seventh day as a period of rest for man, for the good of man, as well as for his own glory. He saw that the wants of man required a day of rest from toil and care, that his health and life would be endangered without a period of relaxation from the labor and anxiety of the six days. Our last question here is besides resting on the seventh day, what two things did God do to the seventh day? I'm going to go backwards to Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3 says, And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So it says that he blessed it and sanctified it. It is the only day of the seven that he blessed and sanctified, and that is the seventh day Sabbath. I want to thank you for listening. We do have some things to remember. Um... God created the earth in seven days. He rested the seventh day. And it is by God that it was created, not out of chaos, but by divine design purposefully. Signs of the Times, March 20th, 1884 says, God is the foundation of everything. All true science is in harmony with his works. Science open news, opens new wonders to our view. She soars high and explores new depths, but she brings nothing from her research that conflicts with divine revelation. That is if science is done correctly. If we come to science without preconceived ideas. Signs of the Times, March 20th, 1884 also says, These philosophers would make us believe that man, the crowning work of creation, came by slow degrees from the savage state and that farther back he was evolved from the race of brutes. They are so intent upon excluding God from the sovereignty of the universe that they demean man and defraud him of the dignity of his origin. Nature is exalted above the God of nature. She is idolized while her creator is buried up and concealed from sight by science falsely so-called. I like that, science falsely so-called. Same signs of the time says, Many teach that matter possesses vital power. They hold that certain properties are imparted to matter and that and it is then left to act through its own inherent power and that the operations of nature are carried on in harmony with fixed laws 
that God himself cannot interfere with. This is false science and is sustained by nothing in the word of God. The conclusions which learned, learned men have reached as the result of their scientific investigations are carefully taught and fully explained, while the impression is distinctly given that if these learned men are correct, the Bible cannot be. Cold philosophical speculations and scientific research in which God is not acknowledged are a positive injury. Skepticism is attractive to the human mind. The young see an independence in it that captivates the imagination, and they are deceived. Satan triumphs. It is altogether as he meant it should be. He nourishes every seed of doubt that is sown in young hearts. He causes it to grow and bear fruit, and soon a plentiful harvest of infidelity is reaped. Friends, many of the issues within the church itself today can be traced back to a misunderstanding and a misinterpretation of the basic fundamental belief that God created the world and he did it of his own power and he did it within seven days. I pray that this has been clear to you. I pray that the Bible has been clear. Continue to research it out through the Bible and also Try to look at science through the lens of the Bible and you will see, I promise you, that they cooperate and that they agree with one another. Do not take man's word for it, friends. Allow me to close with a small word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful as to the truth of your creation account. We are so thankful that you created us in your image and that we have your majesty as our ancestry. Allow us to live up to your magnificent reputation. Help us to show others around us that we are children of the King. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.